Hello, my beloved, and welcome to today's Body-Led Business Podcast episode. I am your host, Obrega Valen, and today we're going to have such an intimate conversation from woman to woman. We're going to talk about how to cultivate our sexual desire while living together with our partner and also while working from home. So as you know, working from home is a rather new dynamic for many couples that brings up challenges and new edges of growth for couples that are not so easy to navigate. And in this episode, I will explain what is really happening behind the scenes and what we could do about this when it comes to becoming very intentional about the energy in which we show up in our relationship if we desire create long-term sexual chemistry. So to begin with, I would love to share just one little story that happened yesterday in my relationship with Kevin. So yesterday we had a tiny contraction, something really small about the household. It was a moment of miscommunication and then some assumptions, you know, these moments and nothing really bad happened, but I noticed how my heart wanted to shut down. My body began to close and I really wanted to automatically enter the mode where I feel rather indifferent, while at the same time I'm saying fine and that I want to cry, <laughs> you know, those moments. And at the same time, I caught myself thinking, what am I doing? I, I am not this person. I am no longer this person. And that's not the energy in which I want to show up in my relationship. And yet my body started doing that thing, you know, which I would do in the past to create safety for myself and protect my heart. And I am just so, so happy to have a man like Kevin to be my beloved because he is very aware of this work and he knows how to navigate these energetic realms. So, of course, he came up to me. He held me from behind. He scooped me up in his big, strong arms and just told me how much he loves me and that I'm safe and that I can ask him everything that I need and that he's fully there for me. And this moment was really, really simple moment, but it changed the direction of our day. Because afterwards, we ended up having such deep, sweet, delicious lovemaking. And today, I'm just feeling ignited. I feel invisible. I feel that anything is possible because I didn't allow myself to get stuck in that little moment of tension. And we alchemized that little moment of tension into an afternoon of profound sexual alchemy and soulful expansion in our relationship. So I want you to keep in mind that our relationships are always really profound alchemical vessels that helps us stay in our energetic alignment. They clear our emotional fields and also make space for flow states, for creativity, for art to be created through our bodies, right? So all of this to say that what is happening in our personal life is always impacting everything else. What is happening in our intimate life is always impacting the quality of our businesses because it will impact our emotional intelligence. It will impact our self-confidence, our self-worth, the amount of energy we have in general to show up consistently in our business. So in my body led paradigm, you always want to be living from a place of overflow and also deep alignment with your nervous system. This is why when I work with my clients in my business programs, 
or in my one-on-one containers, we're always looking at what is really happening inside of your body. What is happening inside of your womanhood? Are your needs being met? Do you feel that you're filled with vitality? And only then can we go to all the things around business and strategy. So in this conversation, we're looking at your womanhood first. So to begin with, when it comes to sexual desire, sexual desire is not a problem to be solved. Loss of sexual desire is a call to awaken to your power. And one of the biggest lies that we have been ever fed is that sexual chemistry is meant to wane away and it is the ill fate of a long-term couple to eventually end up as roommates. I call it bullshit. I believe that this belief is harmful because if we believe that this is is what's supposed to happen, then we're not going to take any action to course correct the situation and and this lie will become our reality. And you know, most couples do think that sex should just happen naturally, right? However, what is really natural for us, often we don't even know because we have been conditioned to approach sex in a specific way that actually is so far away from what is natural for our primal instinctual bodies. So that is a different conversation to be had about our sexual conditioning. And I am writing a book to elaborate on these topics in depth. But what I want you to keep in mind is that sexual desire is a choice. And you can make this choice every single day of your relationship. And keep in mind as well that when you enter a relationship, it is also a myth that if it's the right person, then you don't have to do any work and you'll be having sex left and right five times per day, just like in the honeymoon phase. No, because when we are in a long-term relationship, there is a different growth that happens in our love life, such as experiencing such deep levels of safety that actually we want to simply relax together, be together in stillness. Right? And sometimes we take these moments of safety and relaxation a little bit too far. And sometimes this may turn into complacency where all we want to do is just watch TV together and you know eat pizza and do nothing else. This is healthy. We love that big heaven too. <laughs> but at the same time, to create such moments of sexual passion, like in the earlier months of your relationship, yes. It's important to have the moments of safety and relaxation, but it's also as important to be very intentional to keep on enticing desire and to not allow complacency or monotony to become your daily reality. So I would love to share some things that Kevin and I do on a regular basis to be very intentional about our sexual chemistry. So right now, I'd love to share seven things that Kevin and I do on a very regular basis to ensure that our sexual energy is flowing, to ensure that Eros is alive throughout the day, every single day, and not only when we enter the bedroom and want to make love. By the way, you may make love not just in the bedroom, but (laughs) that's a different story. So before I share the seven things that Kevin and I do, I want you to keep in mind that 
Not all of these things need to be applicable to you in any way. All couples are absolutely unique. So take what resonates and leave the rest. This is what we have found through a lot of practice that works for us and it may not work for you in the same way. So please feel inspired, take what resonates and leave the rest. Okay, so seven things that Kevin and I do to cultivate our sexual desire while living together and also working together from home. So the number one thing is we have a very clear emotional field at all times so that when we actually sit down to do our relationship check-in, there are not that many things to talk about because we are extremely truthful and honest in our relationship on a daily basis. Meaning that if there's anything that I am sensing that uh, is wanting to contract me or shut my heart down, I will address this in the moment. Sometimes I will do my somatic practice to alchemize my tension, my sadness, or my anger, and then I will come to Kevin to share a request, a need, or a boundary. However, oftentimes, if Kevin is with me in the space, I will do this inside of our relationship. And Kevin, of course, is equally committed to always be extremely honest and truthful about anything that's going on for him or anything that he needs from me in the moment. This is why we do not allow any tension, any stagnation to accumulate between our bodies and hearts. And of course, every couple will address this very differently. I work somatically. Kevin is also such a beautiful embodied man. So we will always move our tensions somatically. And if you want to learn more about this, I have a two-week immersion replay. It is called The Great Feminine Reset, where I take you through different somatic practices. And each of the practice is designed for you to reset a different area of your life, such as your body, your heart, your sensuality, your relationship with the masculine, and also your pleasure and your identity as a woman. So this is such a beautiful way for you to start incorporating somatic practices for such different areas of your life. Because let's be honest, life gets busy. Life does great tensions and stresses, which we want to be expressing and releasing on a continuous daily basis. So if you want to join the Great Feminine Reset, feel free to send me a DM. And as soon as you join the immersion, you will be able to get access to six call replays with beautiful Q&A and teaching material and also receive separate somatic practices, which you can apply in your daily life right now. So that was number one, having a very clear emotional field at all times. The second thing that Kevin and I are deeply committed to is having very consistent men's and women's circles. So if you follow me on social media, you probably see that I spent a lot of time with my dear sisters and Kevin does the same. Kevin right now has been hanging out with men maybe three times per week. And even right now he's outside because he's doing uh, co-working with men. Then they do so many activities throughout the week and they are very committed to meeting weekly in very intentional ways, such as masterminding or doing men's circles. And of course, as you know, I have a very devoted women's community where we meet on a regular basis to have intentional, profound, connected time. So Kevin and I are both very 
intentional and committed. I feel like I need to find new words. I have been using the words intentional or committed so many times <laughs> to outsourcing our needs across our community. I always say that a sacred union needs a village. Most people say that a family needs a village to raise their kids, of course, but I say that a sacred union also needs a village so that we don't fall into the trap of codependency. So spending time with other women who get you is such big medicine for your soul. And if you don't have such a woman in your life just yet, I highly invite you to find maybe an in-person women's circle. If not, you can also join online long-term programs. And I emphasize the word long-term because building long-term community with women takes time. So really want to join something that has a sense of longevity. So the next thing that me and Kevin have created in our relationship is going to sound a little bit radical for many of you, but it's silent days, not because we're upset at each other, <laughs> but because we really care about maintaining our sexual polarity and our polarity, as we know, needs space. So when you live together with your partner, when you work together from home, you will want to be engineering space, which may not happen automatically. So when I say silent days, I mean exactly that. We agree in the evening that the next day we're going to have a silent day. So we do not talk. If there's anything important, we're going to send each other a text message, you know, such as getting groceries, for example. But otherwise, we will be using our bodies, we will be making out and kissing and making funny animal sounds, but we will not be engaging in a mental, verbal, cognitive conversation. Why? It's because this way we're taking space from the usual daily chatter and we actually create a space where we get to miss each other and we get to fill up our own cups, you know, by focusing on our men's and women's communities. We create experiences that are separate. And then the next day when we reunite, suddenly there's just, oh, I want to tell you all the things and I want to hear all the things about you. So this creates a really beautiful pathway to increasing our sexual polarity. Then the next thing that we do, and we have been doing this now for about a year, is having intentional ritual time. We call it our tantric date night or just date night or ritual night. You know, all of these terms work as long as you are committed to making these dates happen on a regular basis. So we do this once per week. And in June, actually, we made an experiment without doing our date nights and just seeing what happens in our relationship without having any intentional ritual night on the schedule. And we made, I think, the same amount of love. <laughs> but I personally really missed to have something that I can rely on, something that I know that we will be preparing for, planning ahead. And, you know, I have a Virgo rising, so I am just so happy when there is intentional ceremony space. So right now in July, we're back to doing our weekly ritual nights. And the trick is that life gets busy. And if we don't prioritize lovemaking, at the end of the day, sometimes we may not have the time or the energy left for it. So for example, you would always prioritize getting your doctor's appointment or you know, like a language lesson or something that you always put in a schedule. 
in my case, prioritizing the health of my intimate life is as important, actually, actually way more important. So I would invite you to put your lovemaking or just simply an intimate date, it doesn't need to be even lovemaking, on your schedule on a weekly or a bi-weekly basis as a non-negotiable so that the rest of your life is planned around this. This is even more important if you have kids because then you will need to plan ahead to get childcare. And, you know, many people think that planning love dates removes the spontaneity and the magic from the experience. I actually find it the opposite to be true. When I can count on having intentional time for intimacy, my entire being relaxes. You know, and one thing that you want to keep in mind is that if you're doing these intentional love appointments, I don't know, I'm just making up new names for this, you want to let go of any expectations because if you have any expectations, this is only going to create pressure and tension and performance anxiety for both of you. So instead of hoping for this night to be the most important moment of the week or of the month, you know, where you put all the eggs in all basket because you have not connected to each other meaningfully for a week or longer, you want to always be spreading out your needs for intimacy throughout the week, not just for that one day, and also letting go of any expectation about what needs to happen that day. So we can do very simple things, such as offering each other a massage, you know. Kevin and I personally love rotating about who is leading the date night. So one week it's Kevin taking care of the entire evening. Another week it's me taking care of the whole experience as well. And this way we both feel that we're equally contributing to creating a really beautiful ritual space that is always just so nourishing for our love. Then number five. Again, this could be a little bit radical for some of you, but sleeping separately could be very, very helpful when it comes to creating long-term polarity. And again, even more so if you're working together from home. Again, you want to be creating or engineering spaces where you can come back to your separate selves, where you come back to your sovereignty as a woman, where you can come back to your place of inner practice, your devotion to God, right? Your own central practice so that you're not relying on your partner to meet all of your needs. And when you sleep separately, it's not just about the hours when you are asleep. It's also about your evening rituals, you cultivating your sovereignty when you're going to bed, and also you connecting to yourself, your body, and God in your morning time. So we used to sleep separately actually half of the week, most of the relationship, and we were very intentional. We had very specific days when we're sleeping separately and when we're together. So once we have this rhythm, we don't even have to talk about this. And actually felt really amazing waking up on my own and then having my practice space and then going to work or writing my book and just being in my own energy. And the same thing applies for Kevin. And that being said, over the last few months, we have been sleeping together every single night. <laughs> and of course, we were so intentional about our sexual polarity in our lives in general. So this is not impacting our desire in any way. But in case you want to experiment with things that could really work best for your relationship, I highly recommend that if you have the space in your house 
to see what would happen in your relationship and also for yourself as a beautiful sovereign woman if you spend some nights separately. And again, this doesn't come from a place that you're having a conflict, you're fighting, and things are not going well, so we need to take space. No, it doesn't come from a place of lack. It comes from a place of true devotion and seeing how can I show up in my most overflowing self. All right, we've got two more. Number six is transition time before lovemaking. Transition time from my CEO energy back to my feminine energy. Even though I am a very feminine woman and I do my best to stay deeply connected to my body when I am working, I still often have to go into my healthy masculine mode when I am working, meaning that I am connected to my efficiency, my focus, my long-term strategy, and this is a very different energy than I would like to have when I am going to make love. So I want to be very intentional about the energy in which I show up when I am about to connect with my beloved. So to do this, I will always have some time to transition from my work mode back to my flow mode. And I will usually do a somatic practice or dance or get a shower, go for a walk, massage my breasts, get changed, you know, maybe set up a really beautiful space in the bedroom. And again, I will be doing this not only when we're about to make love, but when I am simply ending my day of work and I simply want to be intentionally in my receptive energy for the rest of my evening, not just in my relationship, but also with myself and also with my community and with my sisters. So I highly invite you to explore what are the most inspiring ways for you to transition after your workday from your go mode back to your flow mode. And I have actually created something that they call the sacred shift practice, which is exactly that. It's your transition from your work mode back to your flow mode. And I have a guide with 33 ideas on how you could do this. So if you want the sacred shift guide, it's free. Just send me a DM on Instagram and I will be so happy to send the guide to you. And actually, I think you can find it in my bio too. Okay, so that was six things. And now let's get ready for the last one. This is the harder one if both of you happen to be soul-led entrepreneurs who absolutely love your work. <laughs> so number seven is being intentional about your domestic slash logistical talk or even talking about work. So Kevin and I will be very intentional to not allow the domestic conversations, for example, about the household, about our schedule, about our activities to permeate our daily life. So I will say, babe, time for domestic tantra, which means domestic tantra conversations where we talk logistics. And so we will separate the logistical conversations from our usual conversations and do our best to talk about all things logistics in one go. I personally love talking about logistics in the car because usually not many sexy things are happening in the car. Well, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there's some very hot things happening in the car, but most of the time the car is a good place <laughs> to talk about logistics. And then when it comes to work, this is a harder one because Kevin is such an incredible visionary and he's up to such 
majestic, beautiful things in the world. And I respect and adore what he does in the world and always want to know, you know, what he's up to. And at the same time, I am absolutely obsessed with my work. I'm always creating and doing so many things. So the natural tendency would be for us to talk about work all the time. But when we bring in the work conversation, suddenly the polarity changes and then it's both of our inner masculine energies having a conversation. It's like bro to bro. It could be very igniting and visionary and just exciting, you know, this energy. But at the same time, it doesn't exactly inspire sexual desire. So we would be very intentional about when and how we talk about work. And to be honest, I have so much support in my business and Kevin has as well. So that we will be processing and talking about our work with our, you know, dedicated communities. So we don't even talk so much about work. We will share about celebrations, but we don't really have a lot of work conversations. And I know that this is very, very different from most couples who are entrepreneurs. So these are the seven things that Kevin and I do. I'm going to repeat them, okay? So that you really see what lands for you best and see if there's anything that you wish to adapt and incorporate in your own life. So number one is being very clear about our emotions and addressing things in the moment so that no tension ever accumulates in our relationship. Number two is having a romance and woman circles. Number three is having silent days. Number four is intentional ritual space. Number five, sleeping separately sometimes. Number six, having transition time before lovemaking or just simply at the end of your workday. And number seven is being intentional about our logistical or work conversations. So if you desire to create a conscious, sacred relationship where sexuality is the bedrock of your spiritual growth and intimacy, where the eros is flowing, you want to actually prioritize this as a core value in your life. And when the eros is flowing, you know that everyone wins yourself, your joy, your health, your self-worth, the depth of your relationship, your creativity, your connection to God, and also the energy with which you can show up in your business, feeling exuberant, feeling magnetic, feeling that you're living your life in absolute overflow. So, of course, a lot of couples do not prioritize sex because they are tired. Maybe they're feeling overwhelmed by life, but sex and sexuality is the source of the very life force energy that they need. So cultivating sexual desire is not optional, I believe, if you want to keep your relationship alive, inspiring and fulfilling both spiritually and emotionally long-term. And as I said at the beginning of the podcast, loss of sexual desire is not a mental, technical problem to solve. Sexual desire is a call to awaken and it's one of the most profound journeys you could ever embark on. And the quality of your intimate life will define the quality of your other relationships in your life, from yourself to God, to your creativity, and even to your business. So in case you desire to experience the beauty of somatic work and maybe you're not ready to embark on a full-on long-term journey just yet, I highly invite you to join the Great Feminine Reset. As I said, it's a two-week 
immersion replay that offers you somatic practices to reset your body, your sensuality, your heart, your relationships, and also your identity as a woman. It's such a beautiful, exquisite way for you to come back to your fullest aliveness as a woman. And I want to thank you for being with me today. This was such a joy to record this podcast episode. And if you have any questions or any insights about this conversation, feel free to send me a DM on Instagram. And otherwise, I will be seeing you in the next episode. Thank you so much.